Welcome back to another episode of Women Blazers. I'm your host, Deanna Witter, and I'm excited to have Vanessa Scott as our featured guest. Vanessa serves as the Director of Accounting for Houston Dynamo FC, Houston Dash, and BBVA Stadium. You'll hear Vanessa share her incredible journey, starting out as a track athlete at Tulane University, where she had to evacuate after only the third day on campus due to Hurricane Katrina. That experience, followed by many others, taught her to embrace challenges and change, to create and lean into her network, and to invest in continuous learning that drives her growth and her career. I want to take a moment to thank Turnkey ZRG for supporting Women Blazers. Turnkey's URG is a top talent search firm in sports, entertainment, and media. We appreciate Turnkey's role in advancing gender equity in our industry. Hey, Vanessa, it is a pleasure and it's an honor to call you a teammate here at the Dynamo. And I just want to thank you for joining me for this episode. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be on here. Um, this podcast has become such a great thing, and I'm just so happy for you and the just everything that you're putting out there in the world for women. So, Vanessa, you were a student athlete at Tulane University. You know, how did being an athlete and member of the track and field team shape your college experience? Well, for those who don't know where Tulane University is, it's in New Orleans. And the first thing that people think of is Party City. Um, But sadly, our coaches were also aware of this fact and tended to schedule 6 a.m. workouts during Mardi Gras so that we wouldn't go out. Shout out Coach Mills. (laughs) So I think the biggest takeaway of being a college athlete was really the kind of values that it taught me at an age where I was still kind of being molded and growing into who I wanted to be. And so um, being in a party city, but still having to do school at a really good school and two day practices and trying to stay on top of the game, it taught me or really honed in on time management, work ethic. And of course, what everyone says is teamwork. Um, But it also created a lot of memorable experiences because I had a network of built-in teammates and coaches that supported me um, that I was kind of able to grow up with and continue to teach me. And I think that was my first experience of really understanding what a network means and how valuable that is. Now, that's great. And I mean, being in a party city, obviously, for your your college experience, I imagine was distracting, but it sounds like your coach kept you guys grounded and focused and was there any time when you guys sort of snuck out and broke the rules? Were you always like on your P's and Q's? Absolutely. I mean, we definitely tried, <laughs> but it didn't go well for us when we did. So I think that's that's the biggest, like most people think, oh, it's a party city. You didn't like go to class or anything. I'm like, no, I was maybe one of the nerds because I went to every class and every practice and I was really like on schedule And when I wasn't in doing one of those things, I was trying to take a nap. So (laughs) I think it really kept me aligned with who I wanted to be and my values that I was taught growing up. That's that's fantastic. And and while at Tulane University, you decided um, to um, study finance. So ultimately, like what was the decision for you and what inspired you to really pursue this degree in finance? And then ultimately, you got your master's as well. So 
Um, what also led you down that path? Yeah, so this is sad or great story. Um, math was my favorite subject throughout, um, through how, all the way through high school. And so my initial interest when I was going off to college was um, engineering. But so the, my freshman year at Tulane, um, I was on campus for three days, maybe, and we got a notice telling us that we had to evacuate outside of the city of New Orleans for, and just pack belongings for like one or two weeks. We'd be back in like two weeks. Um, that evacuation was Hurricane Katrina. And so a week later we evacuated. It was a long trip. I came back to Houston with my family and brought some of my teammates with me because my parents were still on campus there when they were dropping me off. So we drove back to Houston, um, brought some teammates, we kind of just hung out at my house for a week and then found out we weren't going to be able to go back to Tulane until the spring semester. And when we came back, when I came back in the spring semester, um, found out that the engineering program was one of the programs that had to be cut due to, you know, just Hurricane Katrina, all the repairs that had to be done to the university and um, oh, several sports programs were cut. Luckily, women's track and field was not one, men's track and field was. And so at that point, I kind of had to figure out what my new path was going to be. And I figured the next best, best option for a math-related field was in the business school. So I went there and my very first finance class was, he was my favorite teacher of all of my college classes. And the reason was because he was really invested in us really understanding and learning the topics and not just kind of learning it to get through the tests. Like he would really ask questions and take the time with each one of us in class wow. to make sure that we understood the material. And to me, it made learning that information really fun. And so from there, I was like, I think I want to do finance. <laughs> well, I mean, what an incredible and crazy experience that you went through, you know, in that, that beginning, like with Katrina and moving and having to, you know, really forego that first semester. Um, and I imagine a lot of the listeners that are maybe recent graduates that had similar, like, just like natural events that happened this past year with COVID that they were in through college. Like, how do you, you know, how did you sort of face that and break that down for you um, in terms of like just seeing the positive outcome at some point? Yeah. I mean, you really have no choice when you're put in situations like that, but to look for the positives because you're just trying to make it through. So we actually, um, we ended up doing the fall semester. If anybody remembers that period, there were a lot of schools that were kind of taking people from the New Orleans schools. So you could go complete your um, fall semester at a different school and the credits would transfer back over to Tulane. Mm -hmm. And so they actually sent the track teams and the football team to um, La Tech. And so I did my fall semester there and it was really, uh, it was a huge period of adjustment because not only was I kind of getting my first college experience, but I, I was also in this temporary situation where I was trying to figure out, you know, like practice was, there would be periods where we didn't have a coach on site. And so they would send us the practices and we had to kind of go do them on our own. And then just trying to figure out everything. And I think just taking it day by day. And again, the network of having the team there with me really made it easier and being able to depend on people around me um, to kind of just move forward. And I look back on it and 
I mean, college was one of the greatest periods of my life. And I feel like I learned so much and it's contributed to who I am today. And that just goes to whenever, you know, you experience challenges or obstacles or something isn't the way you envisioned it, um, it'll ultimately make you better. And it'll teach you things that you didn't even expect to learn. Yeah, I mean, it, clearly that's the case for you. And um, I just love your outlook and how you approach sort of the next steps day by day. I think that's the best way we can all tackle any challenges. And then as you as you shared, like you also um, got your master's in finance before graduating. Um, there's always questions about getting my master's, not getting my master's. For you, what was the decision and um, how did you come to the conclusion that you wanted to, to pursue your master's? So I was really lucky in that <laughs> actually um, a scholarship athlete at Tulane. And so my junior year, um, I got hurt and I was able to redshirt. So I had a fifth year where obviously I completed my undergrad in four years. And then it was, do I pursue a master's with my fifth year or do I um, pursue another major? Um, how do I kind of fill that fifth year with school? And I ultimately decided that I wanted to do a master's um, just to kind of get that next level because I was in a very um, lucky opportunity to be, to be able to have that chance to get my master's right after school. I am actually um, taking some classes now and looking back, I do think that once you have work experience and you're able to go back and get your master's, it's so much more valuable because you can apply what you're learning at work to the classes and concepts that you're learning in school, I would, if I could do it again, do it like after I had a few years of experience. Yeah, no, that's a good shout and a really good point. I mean, obviously, when you have a better perspective of the job and what you're doing day to day, you can definitely make a better connection there um, to what you're learning and how you're applying it um, to your role. So um, that's a that's a really good shout and something to consider when you're when you're exploring those opportunities for yourself now or later um, in your career. You know, what path did you explore post graduation, and what was that experience like? Discovering what was next for you um, as like a, at one point at where being an athlete was everything <laughs> for for the last five years for you. Yeah, so I feel like when you graduate in finance, the <laughs> this isn't the only career choice, but the most outstanding thing people think of is like a banker on Wall Street. And that was not what I wanted to do. And so um, I was at 100% what I wanted to do post-graduation. So graduation came. Um, I didn't have any jobs open. And I kind of got or job opportunities um, upon graduation date. And I kind of got stuck on getting into the sports industry. Because once my track career ended, I knew I didn't want to run professionally. Um, but I didn't want that to be the end of my kind of sports career. Like I didn't want to just stop doing sports every day because I had been doing it for so long since fifth grade. So I came back to Houston where my parents were and I started applying to any and all sports jobs that were available across the nation. I did not limit myself to Texas uh, or Louisiana. Um, I basically applied to anything that would take me entry level. Um, the common theme that I kept hearing, so I did get a few interviews, the common thing that I kept hearing was that I was underqualified because I didn't have enough experience, um, but I was also overqualified because I had a master's in business. <laughs> it's 22, right? <laughs> exactly. And so I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? How do I get experience? Like, I was willing to take an internship, anything, and nobody would kind of give me that opportunity. 
So I ended up um, landing an interview with Toyota Center and the Houston Rockets. And this was for a ticket operations rep position in the box office. And it was honestly the best opportunity I have received to date because it really launched my career um, in the industry where I wanted to be. I, um, you know, when we were going through the interview process, it kind of took a while for me to hear back from the hiring manager. And I just kind of tried to be persistent without being annoying and send like a follow-up email and say, hey, just wanted to check in on the opportunity. I would really love this opportunity. And eventually I heard back and they gave me a chance. And I don't know if it was, you know, um, the director in the box office had a, went to Tulane himself. <laughs> I don't know if there was a connection there or if it was just my persistence, but I'm so grateful that they ended up taking a chance on me um, because I wouldn't be where I am today without that. Oh, that's great. I mean, and, and the fact that you just, the persistence is, is important. And to your point, you, there's a balance between being annoying, but, you know, listen, directors, leaders, they get caught up, as you know, and sometimes they need that extra, like, you know, reminder, hey, I'm still here and I'm very interested. So I'm glad that you were persistent. Um, and then, you know, as you were with the Rockets and you get this box office job, you then grow with the Rockets and you're able to get um, a position as a staff accountant. And now you're on path with the, the degree and sort of the vision for um, your career. You know, how did you land that role? And what were your responsibilities as a staff accountant? Yeah, so about nine months after starting in the box office, um, a staff accountant position, which is the entry-level position in accounting, opened up with the Houston Rockets and Toyota Center. Um, and it piqued my interest when I saw the posting. However, I was, I was actually a bit hesitant about it. I was happy in the box office. They had some opportunities where I was like, maybe this could be my career. Um, so I was kind of undecided on whether I wanted to apply. And I ended up, um, lots of organizations tend to have like intramural sports or form teams to play in leagues, stuff like that. So I ended up going to a flag football game that we had there um, within the organization. And one of the accountants was actually there. And she ended up, we kind of ended up talking and she encouraged me to consider applying for the position more seriously. So that kind of swayed me into applying, taking that chance, taking the risk. And I ended up landing the position um, because they also took a chance on me. And I do want to say that, um, you know, a part of that is that the internal connections that you form, kind of like you said, um, the director of the box office and my manager in the box office gave me recommendations on my work ethic and, you know, really gave the accounting department that extra push um, to say like, yeah, she does a great job. She would be great for this position. Um, so work ethic and just networking recommendations, all of that is just so important. Um, as far as my responsibilities, um, it was all the standard accounting that you kind of learn in school. It does translate a little bit differently, but it was working with accounts receivable, journal entries, um, booking revenue and expenses for each of the Rockets games, um, booking revenues and expenses for the concerts and other arena events, um, and a little bit of accounts payable. So I was able to touch on a little bit, even starting off at a little bit of everything, 
even starting off as an entry level position. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I like how you touched on just like the emphasis of building that internal network. And we talk about that. It seems like every, every conversation I have on this, on this podcast, there's, there's a theme. And it's almost like every interaction you have is sort of a underlying interview. Like you just never know um, who's watching and what interactions you have and how your work and results sort of play out. Like the people that you work for and work around, like they're going to root for you if you're worth rooting for. And I think that's awesome that, that those connections happen for you to align this opportunity and that you, like, as you said, take, took a risk on yourself and applied for it, hoping to get it. Um, and, and it's awesome that you did. Um, and you were in that role for three years and, and then you, you decided to make, um, make a move in your career. Well, make a move in Houston actually. And, um, you took a job with the Houston Dynamo as their staff accountant. You know, what was it about making this transition for you and moving organizations? So the senior accountant at the Rockets, when I was a staff accountant, she, um, actually took a position at the Houston Dynamo, um, and a couple weeks after her starting with the Dynamo, she gave me a call and she asked me to consider joining her over at the Dynamo because they were starting to build out the accounting department. And she thought that it would be a great opportunity for growth for me and it would give me more responsibility. So to your point about those people around you kind of rooting for you, I feel like, you know, your work speaks for itself. Um, the way that you interact with people speaks for itself. And if you do a good job, those people are going to want to bring you around you and continue to help you grow. Um, so at the time, you know, again, <laughs> a hard decision for me because I was like in NBA MLS. I was like, I just started my career here in the NBA. Um, at the time I felt like the MLS and Dynamo were much younger. Um, they were just kind of starting out. And so I wasn't sure if I kind of wanted to give up that NBA connection yet, but I ended up taking a leap of faith and join the Houston Dynamo. Um, and it has been the best decision because it really is all about perspective. Um, joining a young organization is honestly the best way to learn and to grow quickly. Um, and the more that an organization has room for growth, the more that you're able to really contribute to that growth and feel like you're really making an impact. And so for me, it has been very exciting to see the MLS grow over the past few years and for me to be able to be a part of that. No, that's, that's, that's a really good point and, and a perspective. And um, I, I think as you analyze the opportunity and, and anytime that's similar to me, when I think about an opportunity, I think what, where is the opportunities or the capacities of growth for, for me personally and for me to hopefully, you know, impact change um, as well. And so um, if you're in a, a location where you feel like, like there isn't a lot of room for growth, um, what, what, what will your career look like in three to five years if you were to be there? And I think that's a, that's a really interesting and um, important thing to think about. And clearly you did that with the Dynamo. As we stay on the topic of growth, like since being here, you know, you, you went from the staff, staff accountant to the senior accountant. You went from accounting, uh, senior accountant to accounting manager. And now you serve as the director of accounting for, for our club. Um, I, we haven't even said it yet, but, you know, Vanessa and I are, are teammates here at the Houston Dynamo FC and Houston Dash, which is, which is awesome. So I get to see you, you know, in, in all the, the wonderful contributions you make to our club every single day. 
Um, but, but ultimately like for you and when it comes to growth and development internally, like what's your approach and like, what do you focus in on to ensure that you're continuously moving up, but being in a position to move up as well? Yeah. So in any position that I'm in, I make it a personal goal to learn as much as I can, given the opportunity. Obviously, me being back in school, it shows that constant urge for learning that I have. And I just want to I feel like I want all the knowledge in order to make just the most informed decisions that I can for my tasks and the business that I'm um, contributing to. And so I will always be the first one to jump at more work or newer tasks, which probably isn't great if I'm already overloaded. (laughs) (laughs) Always looking to find kind of those opportunities to further my development, because if there's, you know, a task needing to be done that I might not be familiar with, I haven't done before, I will gladly take it on if it means me expanding my knowledge base and learning how to kind of do something else. Um, And I have the same perspective on just the various committees that organizations have um, being with the Houston Dynamo FC. I feel like I've really been able to hone my leadership skills, my teamwork skills, and a variety of other skills by just um, on committees where we've kind of helped define define mission, vision, and values, or being on a health and wellness committee, or um, diversity and inclusion committees. And so to me, being on those really takes your skills to the next level because it allows you to step outside of your comfort zone where you're not just focusing on day-to-day finance and accounting tasks. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoy learning and tackling challenges because I feel like that's the best way that you're going to grow. Now let's talk about leadership. Now as a director of accounting, you know, what is it that you love about leadership and how would you describe your leadership style um, here at the Dynamo? Um, Well, I love that as I get higher in my career, I get to see more and more aspects of the business and get to work with pretty much every aspect of the business from, you know, ticketing journal entries to um, budgeting and forecasting to AP and payroll. And so um, as I keep growing, I get to learn more and more of the business, but also being a leader um, has really kind of helped me to grow into who I am as a person because I'm able to be conscious of how I'm interacting with those who report to me and um, constantly looking for ways in which I can help them to grow and be better and um, continue to move forward in their careers as well. And so for me, that's uh, a really enjoyable point of being at the director level, Um, but also being able to help others um, is kind of fulfilling as well. Uh, As a leader, I, I don't know if I have like one dominant kind of leadership style, but I do my best to lead by example while also opening the door for creativity and allowing people to learn on their own. Um, In my past, I've learned that I do best by understanding how and why things have been done before me and then finding ways to either improve them or make them most efficient. Um, So I kind of take this knowledge of how I operate and I try to encourage other people to do the same to kind of understand how things work and then to think on their own and step out of their comfort zones. 
while also guiding them on how we like to do things and supporting them as they're going through those learning phases. Um, for me, we all have different perspectives, whether it's generational or from different backgrounds, and that can contribute to so much to how tasks are being done and just how an organization operates um, when it's allowed to foster and when it's kind of in collaborative efforts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the way which you describe that, you know, somebody who, who, again, who gets to observe and see you every day and sort of what you do with our club. I mean, um, you're, you are a phenomenal example of leadership here. And one of the things I would say I, I appreciate about your leadership style is that you're very action oriented. You have no problem executing and getting involved. And I think what you described even earlier that you raise your hand for a lot of things. Um, I don't know how you find the time for all your committees. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. <laughs> but you do. And I think that's, I think that's a key component. I think it's a great example. And it's, it's, it's like, it's a, it's one of those things like as you invest in those areas of the business, which grow uh, also double down and invest right back into yourself. And you're seeing that sort of cycle of growth um, because of the way in which you approach leadership as well. And then since arriving here at the Dynamo, um, you know, we, we can't talk about the Dynamo without talking about change. I mean, there's been so much change across this, across the organization, um, starting off with a new team president back in 2018, who brought in a number of new faces and executive team. We've had a new coach. Um, myself, you know, I've, I've been doing it over the last couple of years. You know, what's your approach to change when it's happening, like just all around you and um, how do you how do you sort of face that and make sure that you're um, you know you're you're finding ways to still be a part of that change in a positive way? So I think the biggest thing is to embrace it. Um, change can bring both positives and negatives, um, or either one or the other. But either way, it's an opportunity for growth. Adding experienced leadership has added several perspectives and opportunities um, for learning other teams and clubs run their operations. I think, you know, everyone coming sort of from a lot of people have come from the NBA and or other um, arenas, clubs, teams, where, as I said earlier, the NBA is a bit more established. And so being able to bring how the NBA is doing things and how other teams do things and bring those different perspectives and combine them and put them all into a growing league and a growing team. Um, allows for those of us learning from our leadership to really learn and widen our perspectives. So I actually started with the Dynamo in 2015 and a few months in is when AG actually sold the team. And oh, yeah. so that was a huge opportunity for me to build our department from scratch. Everything was on AG systems and located out in California for the accounting department. And so we kind of got the opportunity here to build an accounting department from scratch locally, implement all new systems for payroll accounting. Um, I know IT had a whole bunch going on and it really tested my knowledge of everything that I had learned to the Rockets and being able to have that foundation of understanding how, what the Rockets did and how, what Toyota Center did and to be able to build off of that and create our, my own department. Um, really challenged me a lot, but, and brought a whole bunch of changes, but also I grew so much and so quickly from that. So I think just embracing it, whether it's going to be, po going to be positive or negative, either way, it'll allow you to grow. And to me, 
as someone who is constantly looking for growth and needs that urge of learning, um, change can just be the biggest driver of that. Yeah, no, no doubt. And um, I, I like your approach that for sure. I mean, it, it's just, it seems so simple. It's like embrace it. Like we get, we get to control how we um, react to the things that are happening all around us. And I mean, I think back, you know, as I'm listening to your story, I think back to how you had to, you know, um, face, you know, the Katrina situation in your college experience. Like here, here you come into now a, a situation with a club with that's changing over ownership, you know, from AEG to our current ownership. And, you know, here's another change unexpected out of your control and all you can do is embrace it. And I think um, that's just a fantastic, you know, way of looking at it and approach to, to what's happening around you, especially when things are out of your control and, and then utilizing that, to grow and, and seeing the positives again in that situation. Now let's talk about lifestyle. Um, on this podcast, we often, you know, we, we, what we try to do is like normalize the fact that there's no real such thing as work-life balance. Um, we've already talked about the amount of time you put into your work and committees and just your efforts of, of con- contributing as a leader. Um, but, you know, let's talk about lifestyle. Like, what do you enjoy to do, you know, outside of work? And how do you structure and manage your lifestyle so that works for you and your husband? I know you're, you're kind of a newlywed, right? Like a couple of years. Is that right? Yes. Two years in. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, obviously being an athlete for most of my life, my first is going to be, I love working out. Um, I love being outside and spending time with family and friends. I think it works for my husband and I probably in this stage of our life because we're both in the sports and entertainment industry. And so we both tend to lead busy work lives. So if we have to work a longer day, um, we, we're understanding of each other and we kind of support each other in those ways. But we also both acknowledge that mental health is most important and that, you know, long days lead to stress mm-hmm. and that you need to take care of yourself first and foremost. And so we do make it a point to create barriers to shut down computers when on certain days and completely disconnect. And I think um, it works well because we hold each other accountable. And w- while we know that we are both going to have some long days and that, you know, we're both working towards living our best lives in our careers. Um, we also, we're not going to be able to live our best lives in our careers if we don't take the time to kind of just step away, clear our minds and take care of our health and our mental health. And so I think um, just reminding yourself that it's not all about work and that there is life outside of work and you can't do work without being healthy outside of work um, is really kind of our guiding light. No, I think that's, yeah, I think that's great. And you're absolutely right. It's like, even if you, you know, obviously work requires so much of our time, but it's so important to press the pause button and step away and take time to your point to just like reconnect with the things that you love and enjoy and like working out and going to dinner and watching a movie and, you know, and those things really like recharge you mentally for sure. And set you up to be ready and prepared to like go at it again the next day with um, a refreshed feeling, you know, I think I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. I feel like um, probably most positions in the sports industry, but finance and accounting in general can get pretty stressful. And so I can tell when I go a couple weeks without working out that like I'm holding the stress in my body and I just like, don't feel 
well when I sit down and try to focus. And so I really have to make it a point to get those workouts in to relieve that stress, to um, focus on myself so that I can be able to get through the work days. So after the budget process is over, is that when you like go on a vacation? <laughs> I I wish. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, when I'm thinking about like what you do and anybody like in the finance accounting area, I'm thinking, man, the budget, like that's your guys' Super Bowl, right? <laughs> <laughs> Basically it is. I feel like while it is one of like the peak moments, it never stops because it's like, once you're done with budget, time to do the first forecast. We need to know where we stand <laughs> against budget. And so honestly, it's a nonstop cycle. And because it is that way, we kind of just have to make ourselves take vacation and know that, you know, it's going to be okay for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Now, what is something you've learned that you wish you knew at the beginning of your career that you know now? Oh, man. So, <laughs> I would probably say to embrace constant challenges and learn how to work in a, in a dynamic environment. So kind of hand in hand with what we were just talking about, um, how it's nonstop and just this constant cycle. Since the very start of my career, I've dealt with situations which I'm going to air quote out of the norm because <laughs> I'm learning it's normal. Um, so within the first month, actually, of me starting in the box office, uh, one of the other ticket operations reps went on maternity leave. And so I was learning my own responsibilities, plus her responsibilities, and kind of juggling everything at the same time. And I feel like that was kind of the indicator of the rest of my career. Uh, <laughs> obviously, you're going to have employee leaves, you're going to have staff turnover. And even more to that, you're going to have external factors. And those external factors being things like COVID or Hurricane Harvey, things that, like you said, are out of your control, but they're going to affect the business and your tasks and your responsibilities. And so I've kind of faced a series of like things where I'm just kind of waiting to get to normal. And I've come to the realization that this is normal. Um, you're always going to have staff turnover. You're always going to have external factors. And it's really learning how to like make that normal and really um, adjust your responsibilities accordingly and understand that you can't let perfect be the enemy of good. And so I'm, I tend to be a perfectionist and I try to kind of get that in my head that, you know, as long as it is good and you're accomplishing everything that needs to be done, it doesn't have to be perfect in order for you to keep moving forward. I mean, I, I, I'm smiling. I, I know we can't see each other, but like <laughs> what you, what you said there was so important. And, and I might, I, every time I'm asked this question, when I'm on an interview, I never know how to answer it. But I think what you just said is exactly what I've always, like, I never thought to think about, but you're right. Like there is no such thing as normal. And I wish somebody would have told me that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like early on I was, I kept waiting. I was like, Oh, eventually it'll get normal. And then just like, normal never came. Like it was always implementing a new system or somebody left or hurricane, a hurricane hit and like we're out of the office for a week, but we still got to get checks out. Like it's just, it never ends. And so like, if I had known back then, I would have been like, mm, everything doesn't have to be perfect. It's okay. Just get through it. Right. Right. It's like, it's a, it's an industry and a career of the unexpected. And it's like, you constantly, like there's like a vision and you're headed towards something, but all these things are coming at you and like, you're never going to know. And 
it's it's sort of like yeah if you going back to your last like what you said earlier like you got to embrace it and yes. <laughs> and once you embrace it you really understand it but no, I, I love that and then finally to, to close it up here you know what advice do you have for our listeners who are interested in exploring a career path in finance and accounting in our industry and and I will shout out because this is women blazers um you know is there any specific advice that you would have for for women who are also sort of exploring this path as we want to see more women you know, rise in the ranks in this, in this vertical of our industry. Get your foot in the door anywhere you can, and then look to make your way into your specific field. If you're really interested in the sports and entertainment industry, because there are only so many teams, there are only so many clubs and finance and accounting departments are very small. Um, they can range from anywhere, anywhere from two people to seven people. So really making sure if you're interested in the specific industry, to get your foot in the door and kind of like my story has gone, work hard, interact, network with people um, and kind of slowly work your way up. And then for women specifically in this field, you know, um, I do have to credit. So my current boss um, is one of my mentors and he was actually my boss at the Toyota Center and Rockets also. And so he has been helpful in giving me that male perspective and really encouraging me to continue growing. Um, and so finding a mentor who can give you a different perspective. Um, I know a lot of times we look for uh, female mentors because we can relate to their stories, but it's also important to understand the other side of it as well and understand, you know, the male perspective and how they see things. Um, so like as, as much as you can, like, embrace diverse uh, perspectives, contribute to your network and really build people who you can take a variety of advice from. And then um, the biggest thing is when you find those people who do root for you and who do believe in you, you know, cultivate those relationships and really keep those around because um, not everyone has that built-in confidence um, where it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And so it's really helps to hear other perspectives and to have people who will tell you, yes, you've got this, go for it. Um, Cause it can be really easy to get inside your head and really easy to kind of go down the left path when you should be going right. So um, very, very important to have that kind of network of very diverse people of all levels, specific to finance and accounting, really brush up on your knowledge. When we do interviews, we can tell if you remember the stuff you learned in school or not. <laughs> we are such a specific field. So make sure you brush up on your accounting and finance knowledge, because that is kind of step one in, do you know your stuff? If you don't, we're going to move on. If you do, you know, you have that opportunity to really get in there and get moving. So um, I think that's the best experience, uh, advice I have for everybody. No, that's fantastic advice. And thank you for sharing. I think so many individuals that are listening will hopefully have some great takeaways from from your story, your journey, and and obviously the advice that you you presented here at the end. And that's a wrap on episode 26. 
Thank you to Vanessa for sharing her experiences and insights with all of us today. And as a thank you, our friends at Turnkey ZRG has purchased a one-year membership for her to join the Pro Sports Assembly, an industry member-led association helping advance equity and pro sports. Now I invite you to follow us on Instagram at Women Blazers to stay connected and to engage with the Women Blazers Network. And look forward to episode 27, featuring Liz Brown, SVP and Chief Marketing Officer at Little League International. Until next time, have a wonderful week.